0: Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is, I'm going to butcher your last name, Allison Vakovich, who is- Oh my an- God. I got it right yes oh my god who is an intuitive medium and mental health advocate from northern pennsylvania who struggled with a lot of grief at a young age and leaned into her spiritual side as a coping mechanism after realizing how much this helped her heal she started her business souls of a feather to offer online readings and guidance to others who were struggling Shortly after her mental health got better, she found out she was pregnant and suffered from extreme prenatal anxiety and major postpartum depression. Since going through these experiences, she is more motivated than ever to spread love, heal, and inspire through soul growth, mental, physical health, self-love, and self-development. Sorry, you guys, I just got back from traveling. Thank you so much for for being here. I was struggling to read that bio. Like I am a little bit off, my back is killing me and reading the screen was a little bit difficult. So (laughs) sorry about that. Thank you so much for being here and uh, doing what you do and having an honest and real conversation about things many people avoid. Yes, yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited we got to connect you know, it's been difficult for the two of us, (laughs) even up until this moment. And sometimes the universe has some bumps in the way.
1: Agreed. Agreed. It was meant to be though. Everything's working,
0: working pretty good now. So we should be good. There are, you know, certain people, I just love connecting with people who not only do what you do, but are honest about why you do it. So tell everyone listening a little bit about what you've been through
1: yeah so in 2018 i started um, losing a lot of family members at once i think oh boy don't quote me on the the number here but there was like eight family members that we lost within i want to say like 18 months eight or nine something around there um and it it was a lot because i had never dealt with anything that I, i guess consistent of losses like that close together um and i lost both of my grandfathers within 4 months apart from each other um during this time as well so that was something that i was never necessarily exposed to when i was younger losing somebody this close so when it happened um you know i didn't process it very well losing the first grandfather in december and then come april and i lost the second grandfather and i pretty much just crumbled i didn't know how to go through the grief process i didn't know what i should be doing or shouldn't be doing or what was going to help me and what was going to hurt me. And and it was a lot. Um, so I had started to go to therapy then. That was the first time I started going to therapy ever as well. Um, so a lot of new things, a lot of trying to navigate the mental health side of, of grief and loss. Um, and I started leaning into my spiritual side. And I said, I've always been intrigued with like the paranormal. I watched ghost adventures and all those shows growing up. Um, and it's something that I experienced, I would have, you know, experiences growing up in my house. My mom's very spiritual. My little brother actually is able to, well, he used to be able to see stuff as well. Um, So I did, I I leaned into that side and I grew my abilities more. And I think that has helped me heal with my grief more than anything. Um, So, I mean, that side of things, that's why I opened up my business, Souls of a Feather, because I really wanted to give that healing ability to other people. Um, mental health side of things. It was last year, I was about, I want to say three weeks postpartum and depression hit. Um, And I should have known the warning signs because my entire pregnancy, I was great right when it started. And then anxiety kicked in and I became hypochondriac over everything. Um, You know, should have seen those signs, should have uh, acknowledged it then. But I didn't really know what was going on because I was just so deep into it. So I, um, like I said, three weeks out of it, postpartum depression hit and I ended up voluntarily admitting myself to one of our local hospitals and kind of went from there. Um, So here we are almost a full year out and I'm able to turn my experiences into something positive.
0: I'm able to speak about it and hopefully help others which thank you so much for doing. And I want to point out that you're saying, I should have seen this. I should have known. We're not taught these things. Yeah. We we should be. Like, I think that's, that's the issue. That's why I have this show. That's That's where I think the world is at fault and we need to make changes. And that's why you and I do what we do because it's not up to us. We we don't know these signs until we look backwards.
1: Yes, and it it's funny because I I had said a quote previously um that I had shared with some people that I said grief and healing are not linear. And that's something that I think I will repeat forever because I don't think there's a normal way to grieve. I don't think there's a way you're supposed to grieve. Like like I thought there was at least. I think it's so individual to the person
0: um, and what they need and and how they have to approach it. Absolutely. And I say that all the time and, and, and you don't know that going through it and the world pipes in and, and everyone has something to say for me, I was very by myself. I wanted to be outside. I'm in Colorado. So I healed through nature at the time I had one dog. I was different than how I had been before loss, which was very social. And so Mm -hmm. I looked different. And I, and then I had a friend who wanted to be out and about all of the time, and had a very hard time being by herself. And we were both getting the opposite feedback, right? People were telling me I needed to get out more, be around people, do more. And people were telling her she was doing too much. You need to get, you know, you need to be by yourself. You're you, you you're doing, you know, you're avoiding. So there's always this feedback that makes you think you're doing it the wrong way. And I hear this from my clients all the time. And so I love what you're saying, which is what I also say it, that it's individual.
1: Yes. And it's funny that you mentioned that too, about being social, because I had definitely noticed now I graduated high school in 2017. And I, like I said, I lost my um, first grandfather in 2018. So, I mean, I'm, I'm right out of high school and I had all these ideas of what I was going to do with life and where I was going to go to school. And I was such a social person growing up. And I guess I lost to everybody, and that completely went away and I just I did i I turned it off and I just couldn't stand to be around people and I started to find, you know a peace in solitude and silence rather than the hustle and bustle of trying to entertain people and carry on conversations and i it I think it kind of changed my life entirely because that led to a lot of mental health issues and that led to a lot of social anxiety that I'm still struggling with now that. I don't think there's little things like that, that people don't realize when they go through loss and, and grief or a transition process that you don't, you don't realize till you're, I guess, over the, over the hump a little bit more. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, I could relate to that. Yeah. And, and I had one loss and I cannot imagine multiple. And with loss comes secondary loss that, that people don't see, right. You lose people, people, didn't understand my healing journey. And, you know, there are people who got frustrated that I wasn't quote better by a certain time. (laughs) Right. And they stopped calling and checking in and other people show up, but you do have those losses along the way, but I can't imagine multiple losses like you had. And I know you're not the only one who goes through that. And people, people need to understand and support and recognize that depression and anxiety absolutely come along with that. And I talked about it I, and you're talking about it and, and people started to listen. And a lot of people said, I never would have known that. Um, And, and people need to recognize that we're going through a lot that you don't see. There's mental preparation that we go through for Things that are normal and everyday that they uh, minimize, you know, that we're we're going through challenges before nine o'clock, <laughs> you know, mental gymnastics that other yeah. people that other people just wouldn't even consider.
1: Yeah, and I've noticed that there's times, you know, like I'm I'm several years out now from from losing them, and there's times where I think I'm great, and then out of nowhere it hits me and. lose it or I almost lose it and at first it felt silly to me that I'm like oh my goodness like I'm being so dramatic people are gonna look at me so weird like oh it's been so long you should be over that but it's it's just so different and individual and you are right people don't realize internally what we're processing like for example I just went to a wedding um last weekend and we all held hands and they were saying our father because they were Catholic where they were getting married. And, and I've said that several times since I've lost my grandfathers, but at that moment I about lost it in the church. Um, because that was something, there was a moment between my grandmother and my, my papa and I, when he was passing away, he was deaf and he asked my grandmother um, you know, he signed to her at it was like two in the morning or something. And he wanted us to pray over him and say the our father. So in that moment in the church last weekend, it just completely brought back the, I guess, beautiful but traumatizing moment of holding my grandmother and my grandfather's hand at 2 a.m. over his dying body and saying our father. And it and it's so crazy to me that something so beautiful like a wedding could trigger something like that. And
0: I don't think people realize that at all. No, and I don't know who you were with, but I've had those, oh my God, I am absolutely going to lose it now. Um, and I that's okay if I'm with my safe people, if I'm with the people who accept that and embrace that. Then there's the people who are like, it's been this long, Sam. What do you mean you're gonna lose it? Pull it together. <laughs> We're, we're supposed to be, you know, this is a happy event. You're at a wedding.
1: Yes, exactly. And it, it's funny because my boyfriend's kind of like that. We've been together what, over six years now, and I am an extremely empathetic, emotional person. And he is the person that holds it together and says, suck it up. So it, it very much is, it's a sticky situation to be in because you don't want to make others feel uncomfortable. I think, you know, like with with your emotions, I think, at least for me, I always don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable or out of place. Um, you know, if they don't understand it, but at the same time, oh my goodness, I am just, I am a ball of sadness and emotions sometimes, and it doesn't go away. So it I know what you mean as far as who you're around. Sometimes it's like, all right, suck it up and get
0: through it. And sometimes you just can't. And, and just like you said, right, it's, it's your boyfriend. It's someone who is an important part of your life. If, if it's, it's someone who is and it's not someone you're letting go of, right? My <laughs> family I love dearly, uh, they don't always get it in the same way that others do. And I don't want to have certain moods, like I don't want to I want, I want to cry in a place that I'm gonna be hugged and I'm going to be comforted and told that it's okay. You are, you are so like, you've gotten through all of this and you'll, you'll get through the rest. Not come on, (laughs) like why now? Yeah. Like
1: sometimes just, just let me be sad and emotional. I'll get over it, but I just, you need to get it
0: out. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I, I love my family. I cannot wait to go see them. They, that, that, and not different members react in different ways. You know, my, my nieces are the best. My, my, my dad, I, I love, I'm a daddy's girl. I just don't go to him when I'm going to have those emotions. So I I want my soul sisters. I want certain people and that's okay. You know, if I want to talk about football, I'm going to call my dad. You know, it, it's it's great. I'm not calling the people that I was just with who, who are the greatest humans on the planet. We can have our people for our things. Um, and that it just shows that nobody gets it in the same way. And we have to help people understand what we need. And I'm still trying to educate him. I won't give up. That doesn't mean he will get it but i refuse to accept that um that his reaction is acceptable Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that that's not a fun battle but i i would like to be able to lose it anywhere the world is you know it we have done a disservice There are people who need to understand, like you said, grief isn't linear. And for people who are struggling, I understand now at the five plus year mark that it's not a setback. If you're going along for a few days, weeks, months, and you have a meltdown moment, that doesn't mean you messed up or you've done something wrong and you're back at square one. Like there are times that I would think like, Oh my God, what did I do wrong? I I was, I was, I was doing well. And now I'm not. It's, it's part of it. Like healing never ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it, they say it gets better
1: over time and I don't think it does. You just you change, you change as a person, your life changes, your relationships with other people change. And it's just something that it's just a continuous part of your life. After you've lost something like that, it's, you don't forget it. You don't ignore it. You don't just get over it. It's, it's just something that's a part of you now. It's a new normal.
0: Oh yeah. I don't say it gets better over time. Not one bit. No, it gets different. I add more tools. I learn different ways to cope. I still cry every day I'm not in fetal position sobbing on the floor unable to unable to figure out how to get through a day Mm -hmm. yeah but
1: it's but it's it still hits you and it's still rough but yeah no I I completely get that
0: so you know like and and I know I'm on the ride if that makes any sense yes yeah I
1: know what you mean yeah it's it's some days i feel like i backtrack and i i lose the progress if i have a meltdown and it's it's normal it's just so normal then again what what is normal <laughs>
0: normal's not a normal doesn't exist at all but knowing that there will be things that pop up and knowing that you'll get through them is mm-hmm. and finding the people, like finding the people who get it, is huge. Yeah. That for me, it, it's a very scary feeling to think about letting new people in. But my dad is amazing as far as I used to at six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, young, like you said, very empathetic. I could see someone hurting and want to stay and talk to them. And I couldn't understand why other people would be okay like moving on and going to do something else. At 10, 11, 12, at a funeral, I couldn't understand how people could leave the funeral and say, what's for lunch? You know, Where, where are we going for dinner? It, it I didn't understand how you move so quickly from something that difficult to going back to routines. I've never made those transitions, and the world does. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I love. I've
1: listened to, I believe it was your redefining grief episode recently. Uh, what, it, what you had just said reminded me of that. I, I did get to listen to that, and. I love that you talk about that, that transition and how it wasn't easy for you and how it's not easy for a lot of people and not just, you know, losing a loved one, but changing grade levels in college and high school and moving. And that really spoke to me because I have also always struggled with transitioning and stuff like that. And everybody always made me feel like it was a weird thing. And I had an issue because I could not process change and, and transition. Um, So I I love that you have that outlook on that and and that you share that as well.
0: Thank you. You know, I think that that if we help others see that if we address that and if we acknowledge it and discuss it, then it becomes less of an issue. Yes.
1: Yeah. I don't want to say it wasn't discussed necessarily growing up for me, but it was just something that people my age didn't discuss. I could talk to my parents about it and you know they would empathize with me, but to talk to everybody else my age, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody's excited to go to college. Everybody's excited to move out and move away from their family. And I only live an hour north from my parents and that move for me was really, really tough because now I live in the middle of
0: nowhere. Um, so it's just, it's so different for so many people. So letting new people in, finding the people who get it, whether that you don't have to take a giant leap and go to a club, you can find something online, you can f- think of a one step, but it is important for me finding others who lost their husband and were further along in that journey, finding others who have anxiety, who understand the feeling, who understand that I look completely fine physically. I went to Philadelphia, I flew to Philadelphia. The event was in Delaware, but the train in the airport got stuck <laughs> like, um, with hundreds of people. It's spring break, it was Friday morning. And I also was not calm but I could tell that everyone else was less calm than I was. And so I started thinking, I'm going, I'm a psychologist. (laughs) I need to do something. And finding others who understand physically that you can look one way and be feeling another, it makes a difference. So Making a phone call, sending an email, asking someone to help you find a group, that is a turning point because truly you find out you're not crazy. (laughs) I'm going to say, right? Like, I mean, there are times after losing Jim for a long time, a couple of years, that I thought I was losing it. I don't know if you've been there, but I thought I was losing it.
1: Yeah, there it I got to the point that life entirely any any bit of anything that happened I I would just crumble and I felt the same way. I thought I was losing it. I just I could not handle anything anymore. And I think it's just it used to just be that the pent up I guess anxiety and depression that I didn't have other people at the time. To relate to with that stuff, so it, it does. I mean, definitely finding people who have gone through it or who understand it does make a difference. I mean, even doing stuff like this, I've I've tried to do a couple podcasts just to you know get the get the word out there with the mental health stuff because something that I was passionate about and I wanted to to share and and my grief journey and it's crazy to me how many people have gone through the same thing, have gone through something similar, how they could relate to what I went through and you know now I have these people who are contacts who are like you ever need to talk reach out you know and they understand and it's there's so many different ways to do it whether it's joining a group or or social media finding people um it really does make a
0: difference and then at the time I thought I was done working with clients I didn't know what was next and now i have my own community and i see my clients connect with each other they they not only have me but they have each other to turn to and it's not that you let go of your friends and family and the people you have it's about bringing in new people so you have who is in your life currently but you also have someone that when you're struggling you can reach out to and you have you don't have to say anything. They get it without words and you're, you're not feeling like a burden. You're not feeling the way you feel about reaching out to the people in your life currently, because you don't make those calls right now. You need the people that you don't need any words and you can just say, I'm having one of those moments, ready to lose it. (laughs) I'm ready to Ready to spin out and and you know, yell at a stranger on the road for nothing. <laughs> you whatever it is that's your moment. Or I'm sobbing on the floor.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you bring up a good point about not wanting to burden people because I, I definitely feel the same way. And I know I I have a massive support system and I'm so thankful for that. And I know a lot of people don't. Um, you know, and and groups like that they you know they're good for anybody but it's just you need I think I think people just need to reach out I think it's it's really hard to find support systems I think location wise I think there's a lot of online support but I don't think people find it where they are and I think having something in person to physically meet up with someone too um that helps but I mean as far as being a, a burden you know the support system I have, they're great. I don't, don't think that they ever feel like I am a burden, but I would feel that way. And you, I guess I would say I don't want to, sometimes you just don't want to talk to certain people about certain things. I guess that's what I'm trying to say with that, with, with the burden thing. And, and it is nice to have like one specific person that you can talk to about that stuff.
0: Absolutely. And you in this moment are not reaching out to these people for whatever reason it is. Maybe it's a different time zone, whatever it is. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe they have three kids, you know, whatever reason is stopping you, it's stopping you. So connecting with the people that get it in a way that allows you to reach out When you, whatever, however it is, phone call, text, Instagram, I don't care. I just see it happen and it happens and it changes things in a way that you need. And it takes, it, it takes it down a notch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It takes some of that weight off of you and and the weight that you'd put on someone else
0: as well. How did you... Talk a little bit about. I decided to ask for help. I decided to go to therapy. There is a stigma, you know. I I am that I'm in the field, right? So, people who have never done it only know what they are afraid of, or what they've seen on TV, or what they've heard. And and there are people who have only had bad experiences. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's. Oh my goodness, my experience was such an eye opener. me because i would say i don't want to say i was a mental health advocate before i mean i was aware that there was an issue i was aware that there was a stigma around it but until i had gone through it myself between you know the the loss and the postpartum depression and anxiety stuff that's it's so different i think when you go through it and it's so different for everybody what they experience like you said some people have negative experiences um, for me, I think I, I chose to reach out and get help because I've always been so aware of myself, of my emotions, of the people surrounding me. And I could tell that other people were noticing changes in me. I could tell that I noticed changes in myself. I had intrusive thoughts that I had never had before. Um, and and being so so much of an aware person my whole life, I caught myself and I was like, I, I am scaring myself and I have lost way too many people um, to addiction, to mental health struggles. And I stopped myself and I said, I, I can't do that. Not only can I not, not only do I not want to do that to myself, I do not want to do that to my loved ones and, and put them through what I have gone through so many times. So I, I reached out for help and I spent the week in the hospital and I met some very interesting people who shared their stories as well. And it changed my, my views on everybody. I think, um, I mean, from how people get addicted to why they self-harm to, you know, suicidal ideologies that I never understood before. I now had different views on it, um, from these people that I was with. And when I got out, my grandmother handed me a notebook, and I always say, you got this to everybody. So the notebook said, you got this. And she said, I know you went through this for a reason, and I think you're supposed to write about it. And my mom said the same thing. They said, "It's, I'm a writer. I love writing. I'm going to school for communications. This is just something that's been in my blood forever, and they both said like this is you're supposed to talk about it you're supposed to write about it you're supposed to share your voice and your story and i know they're right i've always known they were right it just took me a little bit to you know get the fire going with it um and i just knew that yes i went through it for a reason and i don't want other people to feel ashamed like it's really not as bad as people think it is to open up and be honest about things like this it's not you're going to be judged for anything in life and if I'm going to be judged for speaking up about mental health and how important it is and maybe help other people feel supported and loved and, and better about their situation,
0: then I'm going to do it. Yes, girl. (laughs) Amazing. Love that. Love everything about that. I will, you know, you tell me what I can do when it's out and I will share it everywhere. That, that needs to be read, heard, um yeah. yes <laughs> yes to yeah. I no thank
1: you yeah I it's been a I guess interesting journey I should say the last year because I know I'm supposed to do it and talk about it I just haven't figured out how yet I've you know I'm trying to do social media get the word out you try to do podcasts get the word out and I I don't know I really think I should be writing a book
0: it's <laughs> it's one of those like uh the universe Did keeps you know- sending me- <laughs> You know the retreat I just got back from was with my dear friend and publisher Kate Butler. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if you ever need a connection or uh, you know,
1: oh well, there you
0: go. The <laughs> like I said the universe keeps sending me signs. <laughs> just saying,
1: the one know. Yeah, no, I, I, I will keep that in mind. Definitely, it's there's just so many things that are brewing. Yeah. When you're, yeah. <laughs> but,
0: um, yeah. Yeah. But
1: yeah. um I don't think enough people talk about talk about this. They don't talk about grief. They don't talk about struggling. They don't talk about mental health. They don't want to be judged. They don't want to be seen in a different light by their loved ones. And I know somebody who just recently said to me that they were not gonna acknowledge their mental health struggle because their family wouldn't accept it. And it made me very angry. Um that's why,
0: you know, that's why I'm I'm trying to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I will be with you cheering along the way in any way that I can to anyone. Okay. So I always say, if you are listening and thinking, I wonder if I should talk to someone, talk to someone. I believe we all, every single person in the world can be better if we had someone to talk to. There's a stigma attached. So people don't um that's the only reason people don't if we all had someone every week you know to say oh my god this is what's going on people don't know what it looks like um but what would you say to people you know how what does it look like in reality you know with with take you know it is it laying on a couch talking about your deepest darkest secrets when you were four um (laughs) you know what (laughs)
1: No, yeah, no, it's that's what I thought it was. That's funny you said that. That's what I thought it was. It is not that at all. Um, I mean, I guess that depends on where you go. But I do online therapy, and she's a life coach. Um so I, I guess I should say it's technically therapy. It's a therapy appointment, but she acts more of act, acts as more of a life coach for me. Um, it's like talking to a friend. You know, she follows me on social media. She actually said to me in our last session, Just kind of busting my butt about how I've been slacking on my social media posts again and not being consistent. And it's, I think a lot of the problem is that people have bad experiences and then they don't want to try something different or someone different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it is what you make it. If you're going to go to somebody who does something like that with the, you know, lay on the couch and talk about what happened at whatever age you don't like it, well, then yeah, you're not going to want to go back. But if you find somebody that you click with, and you could talk to them very openly and honest, and you, you feel like you're just talking to a friend that makes a major difference. And it's, it's not as scary as you think it is. I mean, obviously, some things are hard to talk about, but you just have to find the right outlet.
0: Thank you very much for clarifying all of that. I tell people they're interviewing me, they can interview as many people as they want. I highly recommend that they need to find the best fit. If you are not working with someone you click with and that you feel like you can talk about what's on your mind with your agenda, by the way, it's your time, your money. Um, then it is not going to work. <laughs> you know, if 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 you get to if you don't get to talk about what you want to address, it's not going to work. Yes, there might be some things I say let me ask you about this, but it's not my agenda, yours. So find the person that works for you, not someone that you're just, you know, going to see because it checks a box that you're making an appointment every week. I would not go to a, I wouldn't get a haircut from somebody I didn't Like, I wouldn't go to a dentist I didn't like. You know, it's no different.
1: Yeah. And I, for a while there, the first lady that I went to, I only went to her several times because she seemed to be okay with my spiritual side of things when I talked about it. I was like, oh, cool. She's not judging me. She does, you know, some things of her own too. But oh my goodness, I think I went to five sessions and it was quite literally, Hi, how is your week? I said two sentences and it was, okay, you want to schedule for next week. I thought that was normal. I I didn't have any experience with therapy. I thought that was normal. And I thought, wow, that's a load of crap. If this is what everything is like, I'm, I'm not going to therapy. I was all for it, but what the heck? I'm getting nothing out of it. And I kept going back because I felt guilty that, you know, oh, I should be getting something out of this, right? Because this is how therapy works this is how it all works. This is, I should just keep going. I feel bad if I stop going to her and switch providers. Like I don't want to hurt her feelings. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm, I am getting nothing out of this at all whatsoever. So I think I went through five or six more people that I, I basically did. Like you said, interview, I through like an interview process. If you click, you click, you don't, you don't. And I've had a couple of them say, well, why did you go through so many people? I see such and such and such person on the list here that you met with before well because they didn't work and we didn't click and I'm not going to go to somebody if they're not doing anything to help me and and provide positivity or assistance to my life in this area that I need
0: so it it is really an interview process think about if you want male or female you know you can identify those things before you even start looking and you can also think about if they have an expertise in something, right? What are you going to see them for? Are you struggling with loss and grief? That type of a thing. Anxiety, most people will have in their description somewhere what they, who they see and, and what, what, they, what type of clients they work with, and that can tell you some of what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I don't know what it's like where you're located, but for us here in Pennsylvania, I was told that if I did not, if I was not an inpatient for that week's day I was in, that it would take eight months to find an outpatient provider um, to manage meds and, and to have as as a therapist. And I guess I, I, you know, you had said what I would tell people. I think I would also say to look into it now and schedule it now. <laughs> because you may go back and forth for the next how many months, but if it's going to take that long to get in, you know, start working on it now, start doing the interview process now.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. And start calling. That's not acceptable. Find someone like Sam. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's not, Sam doesn't accept that answer. Mm -hmm. Ever, Like, no, 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 no. And I know that that's frustrating, and I hear that, and and I'm not okay. It's my blood's boiling now that you say that. I'm gonna. I know, I to I know. it me makes it. me so angry. I'm I'm gonna lose it. Yes. Um. At that point, call nine eight eight. Call me. Tell mm-hmm. someone. Figure out. Like I, I I I'm 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 about to lose it on the air here. Thank you for pointing this out again. These are the problems. At that point, I would reach out to someone and say, "What do I do? Help mm-hmm. me figure out what to do." Yeah, I would like even me or Google mental health advocate, someone who can take it to the next level. This is the problem with the world we're living in. People need help when they need help. We can't have wait lists like this. So anyone listening that is in a position of power in a company, in a role to do something about it, please reach out. Anyone who agrees with me, who wants to join forces to make a difference. This is the world we're living in. It's not acceptable. I can't do this by myself. In some places, it's longer than eight months. There are people who want to make a difference. There are people who want to help and want to be there when people need help. And this is a problem, like a major problem. Yeah. I I could pick out so many problems
1: (laughs) Um, just from my experience that I've seen. uh, You know, it's, it's, that's part of what I meant when I said it's eye-opening because I agree that's unacceptable. I mean, you're, you're telling people that they're in a mental health crisis and you can't get somebody to see them for eight months. You know, I, I understand if it's just, if it's manageable and you're okay and you would just like to speak to somebody one day and go through some old wounds you know I understand you reaching out and, and waiting you know a little bit but not eight months and and not
0: if it's a crisis situation then that
1: needs to be handled um yeah
0: and and then yeah I mean, no I mean then I like I'm on the phone for three or four hours finding someone and I'm not taking no for an answer but people don't know that they have those rights And so maybe three out of 10 would keep going and that's not okay. Three out of 10 would say something to someone that would keep going in a way that would find help. I am a pit bull like my pups and I will not let that go. Um, it's, It's a problem though. So anyone listening that has suggestions, ideas. We, got to, we have a lot of states here. This is a problem in a lot of cities, counties, states all over the country. And we need to do something about it on a global level. And I am getting more angry as I sit here. And then we Definitely. wonder why we are having bad things happen on the news every day. Maybe people are trying to get help and they're not getting it. And then they go do something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because
1: I see all the issues within the system when I had gone through this and I won't go through all of them. Um, I don't want to deter people, you know what I mean? Uh, From, from getting the help, you know, with some of the things that I had experienced because it's not always like that um but it's scary it terrifies me that there is not help where there needs to be help I mean I was told which if you're not if you didn't go through it you probably don't know but you could wait in the ER for days or weeks to find a bed that's opened in a mental health facility they wanted to send me to Brooklyn and I am from around Scranton Pennsylvania and I said what the heck (laughs) absolutely not um you know and it's things like that that it does it's scary that we are in this situation as a country that we do not have the resources to assist people with something this serious. We don't
0: don't delegate the resources. Yeah. Okay. We're going longer than planned. I am extremely passionate about this topic. To just as far as taking the step to reach out to someone for help, not knowing, you know, that it's not laying on a couch and, and talking about your deep, dark, four-year-old self. Um, Any final thoughts, last words? And how can people connect with you if they want to learn more, work with you? All of the things. Absolutely.
1: So I think, I mean, some some final thoughts. Um, As far as the stigma goes with mental health, I would just say to have people be more open-minded. Whether you're going through it yourself or you're seeing other people go through it, I think there's so much judgment behind mental health in general. Um, actions people take that may not be some great actions, some great choices, I guess I would say, um, or just the good things when people reach out for help that are judged. Uh, I think, I, I don't know how I'm trying to word that specifically, but basically, the judgment needs to be lessened when it comes to the mental health crisis, because we are in a crisis. I think everybody has gone through some sort of mental health illness or struggle at some point in their life, and they shouldn't be looking down upon others for going through it. Um, And then as far as, I mean, reaching out to me, I do intuitive guidance readings as well as mediumship readings. Um so you could find me on Instagram at souls of a feather and TikTok souls of a feather and Facebook souls of a feather.
0: And we didn't even touch on that. I apologize. It has been so wonderful connecting. I would talk with you all day. Connect with Allison at Souls of a Feather. All of the things. I am going to think about this and talk more about this. Thank you all for listening to all of our grief, mental health, all of the segues we talked about today. Thank you for being a part of this community until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me. Truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things subscribe. So you don't miss an episode Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us, and see you next week.